Hey y'all, if you're interested in starting a podcast, listen up. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy and then you can distribute it everywhere. That's what me and Jojo use. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. It lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating it today. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money with ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's free. It's free 99. So go ahead and get started. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Podcast, y'all. I am your host, Jojo. And I'm Dyra. I'm Roby. Hey! If you don't know, first of all, we have TikTok's favorite and most stylist teacher. Mm-hmm. Teacher Roby. <laughs> love it. Love it. If I love how y'all call me stylish. Let's go. That no, is stylish. No, no, right. I, I have not seen too many teachers dress how you dress. It's a whole world out there of it, like teachers who are just like outfit of the day. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Drop yeah. it. Get ready with me. Right, know, I've right. been seeing that lately and I'm just like, this is cool. It's very nice. <laughs> if you thought your teachers were popping back then, we got some teachers now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Different breed. And y'all be doing the little TikTok dances and everything. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. We get into it. Right. <laughs> so we're super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. About time. Thank you. We've been wanting you for, yeah. for some time. Stop. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been wanting to yeah. be on it. So I'm glad this is where we at. Let's go. We have our little list. And every once in a while, we're like, all right, let's sit down and actually reach out to people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. here we are. Let's right. go. In. Bobby, so we want you to introduce yourself and like do your thing. Do your thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm Teacher Roby. People know me as Teacher Roby on social media. Um, I'm My name is Nairobi, so I go by Roby. And I am 28 years old. Um, I work at Kip Hatch, and I've been teaching for five years been working with kids for sheesh like over a decade um mm-hmm. since I was like 15 16 my first real job was at the YMCA as a mm. camp counselor Aww. and ever since then it's literally just been non-stop I just I love kids I definitely mm-hmm. love kids I've known that for a long time you know some people are like mm-hmm. I don't really like kids you know I like other people's kids mm-hmm. you know I love kids and like mm-hmm. there's actually a story that I have that is really short and cute that mm-hmm. I just it was the moment that I knew I never knew I wanted to be a teacher or anything like that, but I must have been like maybe 12 years old Mm -hmm. and I was watching my little brother and my little cousin. They were like much younger than me, probably like five and three, maybe they're playing around um, outside. We're like in Prospect Park or something like that. Mm -hmm. And my parents went to go do something, but like they left us three together and like if anybody knows, you don't really leave your kids alone. Like you just don't do that. (laughs) Um, But it was a long time ago. It was like, you know, early 2000s. So Um, they left us to go do something and there was like this lady there who was like watching us and mm-hmm. I noticed her watching us, but I didn't think anything of it. I'm a kid. Uh-huh. So my parents eventually come back and she was just watching how I was like interacting with my, with my siblings mm-hmm. and my cousin. And she tells them when, when she, when they come back, she tells them, she's like, you know, I just had to say something because, you know, the way that, that she at the time was interacting with you know, the kids, it just, mm-hmm. it really was, it warmed my heart, you know, like she was so good with them, you know, she, she didn't yell at them, you know, and they were like doing things. They were mm-hmm. like doing kid shit. That was just like, why are you doing that? Relax, <laughs> like calm down. They were yeah. like running and jumping and doing all this stuff. So I'm just, you know, managing. Yeah. And it was like, from that moment when I heard her say that it was just like, I, I know that I love kids and I know mm-hmm. that I'm good with kids. And I was so young at that point. Right. So I get older. Um, I learned in high school by my senior year that I love art Mm -hmm. and I'm an artist and I've always been artistic. Mm -hmm. And my senior uh, high school art teacher, Miss H, she was, that was my rock right there. (laughs) So she taught me that I could, you know, take art and take it seriously and do it Mm -hmm. as a living. So I went to Rutgers Camden, graduated with a fine art degree. And I didn't think that that's what I was going to do when I went. Like, I was like, I really can't graduate with a fine art degree like what am I going to do with that Mm -hmm. you know um but throughout that entire time I was counseling kids site coordinating eventually Mm -hmm. I just kind of kept growing in the positions that I was in and Mm -hmm. that's how I am too like I'm a a go-getter right like wherever I'm at Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and like go get whatever is the best position that I can at that time. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to try to hustle or mm-hmm. whatever. So started as a counselor, became a site coordinator for uh, a company called Ignite. 
And throughout my four years, I worked there. I was also like at a sneaker store. I was mm-hmm. at like retail stores, Hollister Garage. Awesome. Like that. Yeah, basically, basically right. mm-hmm. um, making my little money. So, um, you know, once I graduated, I wanted to stop working with kids because I was uh-huh. tired of it. I was just like, I want to try something else. Let me try my hand at something else. Mm-hmm. So I really couldn't find a steady job. So I was doing like odd jobs. I was like walking dogs. I was babysitting. Mm-hmm. I was like doing, you know, just little stuff. And I ended up getting a job at Sprint. <laughs> Yuck. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Like the customer service was Tragic. okay. But uh-huh. like I liked interacting with different people. But the the um, the goals that we had to hit all the time, it was just very stressful. It's giving sales. And, and very much so. Oh, and they're man. like, if you don't hit these goals, like, you know, it was just like you were like a bad person. Like right. it was crazy. So mm-hmm. um the thing that sent me over the edge was I got a um I went on vacation. Mm-hmm. And when I went on vacation, like right before I went on vacation, I got a new manager. She was horrible. I hated her. She uh-huh. was she had been working at Sprint for like 13 plus years. Oh. She was like, you're like, oh, it's her yeah, life. no, it was, it was her life. It was, it was, it was her, her life. Career. Uh-huh. And she was a store manager. It's not like you were working in corporate. Like you really let them, whatever, that's your life. Anyway, mm-hmm. she was very much like, I remember it was crazy because I was just reading this situation randomly that I wrote in my notes because I was so pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. But I, this was like a small situation that was pretty much the epitome of her management. Mm-hmm. I'm in the, I'm in the place. This guy was like 65 plus years old. He's like telling us his age randomly. And I'm like, damn, black don't crack. Like you uh-huh. look good. And she literally pulls me to the side later on. And is like, you know, you can't say that. Like there's white people in the store. They might get uncomfortable. I said, what? what? That's a compliment. <laughs> I said, girl. And mind you, nobody even turned ahead. Nobody uh-huh. was like. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it wasn't even like that. Everybody's mm-hmm. laughing. We're, I'm like, you really got me. Yeah. So I went on vacation. It was at an all-inclusive. Ooh, I uh-huh. felt like I was on top of the world. Uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> drink here, feet uh-huh. up there, in uh-huh. the pool, on the beach. And I got back. And mind you, I wasn't approved for that vacation. So I went anyway because I had put my time in before she uh, uh, was the manager. Uh-huh. And I was like, ma'am, I put my time in. If mm-hmm. it's not in, that's not on me. But you can talk to the old manager. Right. I will not be here. Uh-huh. So she was, you know, I got back and she's like calling me when you're coming in, when you're coming in. I said, that's it. That's, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> that's it for me. I'm done. And I started applying to other jobs. Just uh-huh. so happened. I think it was meant to be because right in that, literally that week, that next week, mm-hmm. I applied for KIPP and I had applied to KIPP a year before and they denied me because I didn't have experience. And the, t- the job I was applying for was an art teacher mm-hmm. and I had never taught art. So I only had a fine art degree. They didn't want me Yeah. at uh, one of the schools. And then the next year I applied again as a, a lower position as a paraprofessional, mm-hmm. which is a one-on-one. And I got the job. Literally, mm-hmm. probably the, that next day after I interviewed, they they called me back. Within that first year, like I said, mm-hmm. hustler, they promoted me to a, yeah. a learning specialist, which mm-hmm. is like a teacher for uh, SPED students. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they wanted me to get my master's. So mm-hmm. they paid for that. And I got nice. my master's. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, uh, I started the art program there because mm-hmm. they didn't have any art teachers. They didn't have any arts at all. They had gym. Oh, no. That was it. Uh-huh. It's about creators of the gifts. I was like, yeah, no. This mm-hmm. if I'm gonna work here, I I've been telling them literally since I got there, like there should be an art program and I should do it. Mm-hmm. So I got all the training I needed. I know how to make lesson plans now. I know how to manage. I know mm-hmm. how to do all these things. Mind you, I'm already work well with yeah. kids. I work well with kids. So from that point, um, I got my master's mm-hmm. and then they you know, let me start the art program. And I've been teaching art there since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at right now. Teaching that art. I love crazy. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. But it's also uh, very hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. There's a lot of disrespect that comes with teaching mm-hmm. art in Camden. Mm-hmm. It's also very beneficial because it's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Kids, you know, run to me. When are we having art? Because I only see sixth through eighth grade. And mm-hmm. the school is third through eighth. Mm-hmm. So the third through fifth graders are like, so are we having you next year? What's going on? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's for the most part, it's really, really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It, there just are days where it's just like, this is hard. Yeah, this I is bet. Hard. Now, honestly, I have so much respect for teachers because you guys do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And dealing with students all day from seven in the morning. Right. It's a different type of stress. And then if you have to do grading and then if you have to have like 
after school nights and you got to talk oh, yeah. to parents. And I feel like parents are just... It's another level. Another level. Like, I, I had a friend who was a teacher and they were teaching during the pandemic and I would just see her do all this work and it was just OD. Like, you got to like, really God manage damn. your time. Because mm-hmm. I, I really do my best to try not to work outside of work. Yeah. I still do sometimes, but mm-hmm. I try my best. Yeah. No, it's necessary, honestly. Mm-hmm. What type of student were you in school, though? <laughs> you know, I was um, I was really charismatic. I was not disrespectful. I was mm-hmm. never disrespectful to my teachers. The most disrespectful thing that I ever did to one of my teachers, and I remember it to this day because I had lost my fucking mind, which was I was texting in class, and this is when I had a BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. I was texting in class and she sees me texting. She asked me for the phone and she was like a very soft teacher. So I felt like trying her, you know, uh-huh. and wrongfully because uh-huh. my parents wrongfully. were part of the PTA. Uh-huh. My dad was like on some board. Like my parents are still involved with my school to this day. Like oh, that's how wow. serious it was. Like uh-huh. They're very community oriented. Yeah. Um, and that's how they raised me. But I did. I said no. And she was like, no, like she was confused. She, she didn't think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I had lost my phone for like two weeks. Matter of fact, my parents was like, no, you keep the phone. Cause eventually they came into the school. Mm-hmm. Um, she explained to them what happened. And then I, I had nothing to say again, lost my mind mm-hmm. because I, I knew this was going to happen. Right. Like, who did I think I was? <laughs> right, right. right. But I ended up getting it back like two weeks later. Um, Damn, but that's a long time. Oh, they wasn't playing. My parents was not playing. Uh-huh. They was like, you think you're going to deny? Uh-huh. First of all, you're texting in class. Who, who do you think you are? Number right. one. Number two, if she's asking <laughs> for the phone, are you crazy? Right. You should have gave it to her. And she said uh, that if good. I would have given it to her, she would have gave it back to me at the end of class. They always say that. They be lying. They always say that. I don't that. think so. Really My thing is, I don't know. Who are you texting? I don't class? know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> whoever you're texting is either in that class or in the next class over so it's like i don't know but that was the most disrespectful thing i did i never got detention i was uh-huh. on the i was a mediator in my okay. middle school they, uh-huh. they had a mediation program they had they they like trained us to mediate different problems uh-huh. i loved it i was big on that i was uh-huh. like i'll mediate the issue because <laughs> y'all need to relax right you know peace and love right right i was i i honestly was in the best kid in school i'm not gonna lie i got suspended a couple of times and but I was smart, but I was just not like I just did not listen to teachers. And then yeah. there was this um we didn't have to wear uniforms for a very long time. And then my sophomore year, we had to wear uniforms. They implemented the uniforms. Yeah, so then I was like, well, I got to spice it up somehow. Like, mm-hmm. I got to add something mm-hmm. to it. I would add different jackets and things. They were Fresh like, you can't prints. wear that. <laughs> right. So I remember they sent me to the office because um because I had the jacket on. And then this is what I told the principal. I said, I would take the jack- jacket off when you ha- add heat to these classrooms because there's no heat in it. That's a good point. It's cold. Mm-hmm. What you got for me if it's cold? Is right. that a sweater? Uh-huh. Come on. Right. And I was like, I'm not taking it off. So, yeah, I got suspended for a couple of things like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like situations like that, it's like you were not a bad kid. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You just fought the system because yeah. the system is bullshit. Right. That's really what it was. That's really what it Honestly, was. Honestly, I mean, I feel like the kids nowadays... Mm-hmm. You know, we give them all the options. Mm-hmm. They have a jacket. They have a T-shirt. They can wear jeans. They can wear khakis. They can wear, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then... Is there know, a uniform in your school? There is. Mm-hmm. It's very lax, but there is mm-hmm. a uniform. There's... We can't... They, we don't want the kids to wear hoodies because okay. a lot of times they'll put their hoods on and then they'll put their head down. So that's yeah. the right... The thing is, there's a rationale for everything uh-huh. at this point. Yeah. They give kids a rationale for yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We want you to wear... You know, and we'll give... And we give them the uniform. We mm-hmm. give them everything they need at the beginning of the year. And then oh, throughout wow. the year... Throughout the year, we give them um, sweaters and swag and, you know, t-shirts oh. and hats and That's things crazy. that, like, you know, they can wear throughout uh-huh. the, the year. Um, if for It's all incentivized. Mm-hmm. You hit this goal, you get this. You hit that goal, oh, you wish. And I've sounds, never heard of that. It sounds real nice, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you would think that the kids would be like, oh, great. I'm just going to do this thing to get this. Why not? And a lot of the kids are like that. But then we have kids who are like, I don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Right. I don't want that. And I don't want <laughs> uniform anyway. Uh-huh. Give me a minus 10. I'll go to detention. Like, it's like that. You call a uh-huh. parent. Hey, so, you know, your kid is, like, refusing to go to detention. They need to be in uniform. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I'm at work, and it's really hard. Like, I can't really, you know, I didn't wash the uniform, so I'm uh, sorry. But, you know, and it's just like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I do. 
I yeah. don't have kids. Yeah. These are my kids. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have the parents who are very in it and who are very much like, my kid is always going to do it and you're, mm-hmm. you're never going to have a problem for my kid. And then you have the parents who are like constantly making excuses. Mm-hmm. And then you have the ones in between who mm-hmm. is like, you, you really see their struggle and like you see that they have five kids and they're working yeah. two jobs and they're doing their very best. And mm-hmm. like you, you know, you, it, it, it all plays on my heart. Right. I care so much. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Oh, I love that, yeah. honestly. I was not shit in school. <laughs> what, was, what were you like in school? <laughs> honestly, it wasn't until middle middle school where I became an asshole. And like, Middle school was that time. Yeah, I went to school out here and then I moved and went to another school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was just an asshole. Like, I just have a smart ass mouth. So I would just say slick shit. Like, Same. no, and whatever. Once I had an art teacher that was actually really so kind the kindest mm-hmm. older lady ever mm-hmm. and i felt like testing her too oh yeah she was like because ah, you can right and you have other things that are impacting you that uh-huh. you can't test those things yeah, yeah. So i'm gonna test you <laughs> right because i can so what's up right and right. i did and i was like um she told me to do something i told her to mind her fucking business with the f word in it i did Damn. I no, was, it didn't. Yeah. Your mom probably smacked the shadow. Girl. Not mind your fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. when I'm like, you clearly are mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna leave you alone. Okay, yeah. come see me after. That was actually eighth grade year, and they actually got ran up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I got suspended, but they didn't let me go on the um, eighth grade trip. Oh damn! But I went anyway. So. Oh wow! Yeah, and no they were discipline. super <laughs> mad. Yeah, my parents were like, okay. I did get my ass beat. My mom. Okay, well, there, 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 uh-huh. there you go. Right. And then when I told them, like, they didn't let me go or they weren't going to let me go, they were like, um, fuck that. You're going because that's, like, an experience. Like, how right. did I take like, that away from you? That, yeah. mm-hmm. Right. So, did you have to apologize to the teacher? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I probably did. Maybe you did. You probably did. That's what I went. I did feel super bad after that because I was like, dang, like I get away with so much low key with her. Why? Why I play her like that? Yeah. Like, damn, <laughs> she's actually nice. Yeah. You look back on it and it's like that. You look back on it, and I hope that like when I, you know, when my kids look back on it, there are situations where they're like, I, I probably could have been nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I, I, I'm a reflector. I reflect mm-hmm. on myself and my behavior. And there's absolutely times where I'm like, I could have done that differently. Mm-hmm. And I don't apologize to kids. Right. Know? There was a situation just the other day where I was, I do not go back and forth with kids or I try not to. Mm-hmm. But there was a situation where this kid was making fun of another kid who's like mm-hmm. on this, not on the spectrum, but he is, you know, I don't even know what to say, but mm-hmm. he is one of our special kids and we love him. Mm-hmm. His kid is making fun of him and I'm like, you cannot do that. Mm-hmm. First of all, my classroom is very much, you're welcome in this space. Literally, there's a huge sign in the back of the room that says everyone is welcome, everyone belongs. And anytime a kid is being mean to another kid, mm-hmm. I refer to that sign. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, mm, turn around, look at the sign. Yeah, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Sorry, uh-huh. I can't do that here. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, kids appreciate that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but but there's times where they're, you know, going through whatever they're going through and they want to take it out on each other. So I'm basically like, yo, chill. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm going to do what I want because I can. And I'm like, mm, actually, actually, <laughs> you're bad. not mm-hmm. because that's not the space. And you you can do and say you know, what you please, as long as you're not hurting the people around you. And mm-hmm. this, this isn't that. Mm-hmm. He starts basically being like, you know, you're still talking. Why are you still talking to me? What is the problem? Like I said, I'm no going to do way. what I want. And I'm like, actually, how, how old? How old? He's in what? Maybe 14, 13, okay. 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-adolescent or mm-hmm. adolescent mm-hmm. and, you know, feeling himself. <laughs> and, you know, I called his parent. And this is the kind of parent that's just like, I don't really, you know, care. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're an art teacher teaching art class and my son is being my son. So you need to deal with that however you deal with that. And whatever the consequences, give it to him because I'm at work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank right. you for your help, ma'am. Um, you know, wow. obviously we call the dean. He, he got a detention, but that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing else to it. He's going to come back the next day and I'm going to have to mm-hmm. re- you know, reaffirm that relationship. Right. So, you know, obviously reflecting on it, there was no need for me to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. You got the deduction. I'm going to move on. Right. It doesn't need to be what it is. So whatever. End of the next day, um, he's at the end of class and I'm like, 
you know, is there anything that you feel like saying? Like, do you feel like we can have a conversation? You know, it's the next day. You've had some time to think. I've had some time to think. He's like, yeah, no, I don't have anything to say. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, I want to apologize because I definitely shouldn't have been going back and forth with you. I should have just gave you the deduction and moved on. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? Actually, Teacher Roby, I am sorry. Like, I probably shouldn't have, you know, been the way I was. Like, it wasn't for all that. Right. And, you know, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, cool. And, like, that is the type of reflecting I do with my students on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Right. But that can be very draining because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like... Uh, it's just a lot of talking. And, like, you have to have a lot of patience. And Like, like I didn't start that. Uh, you was being nasty uh-huh, to this uh-huh, kid. Right. Like, for no reason, uh-huh. for real. And it was, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't for no reason. He's, he be getting on my nerves, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, I would never be that mean, you know? Right. Do you think that that parent responded like that because they personally know you? have a problem with how you identify or do you think that they just don't care regardless of the teacher um I think it's a little bit of both because Mm -hmm. I've had other situations with this parent where their child has said like a a slur Mm -hmm. you know a crazy slur to you to to just uh, another student uh to another student and you know just calling them the f word Mm -hmm. you know loudly just walking down out the hallway like oh my god And as I'm talking to the parent, they're like, you know, basically get over it. You know, you're just feeling a type of way about this because you're part of the LGBTQ community and that's it. Like my child isn't really saying it to hurt anybody. It's not that serious. Like we have family members who are part of the community. This is what she's saying to me. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be honest with you, ma'am. This is an inclusive space. And so that type of language is not tolerated, whether it's, you know, whether you have family members or you think this is a personal bias, which... I don't know if it is, mm-hmm. but I know that's not okay. Right. Like, regardless. So, and I was the one who had to communicate that because I'm the grade level chair. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the one who has to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I could probably get somebody else to do it. But again, like, I'm not running away from that shit. Right. right. Like, for what? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. And like I said, this is an inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like my school definitely supports me. And so the reason I say it could be a little bit of both is because this parent has had the same issue with other teachers, mm-hmm. just not take, not taking accountability or not making her kids take accountability for right. the situation. And again, this is not to one parent. This is literally all over the place. All this over. happens, mm-hmm. you know, all Very the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pronouns is not something that we've talked about in the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're super happy that you're here because we wanted someone who could kind of educate us and we know a little bit, but we mm-hmm. don't know that much. Yeah. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know what pronouns is, I'm going to give you guys the exact definition, right? So <laughs> Google's free. Right. <laughs> right. right. So, and I, and I define that because we have a lot of people who listen to a podcast anywhere from like 15 years old to 70 years old. Oh, wow. Yes. So I always keep that in mind. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't know if the person listening knows what it is. So mm, yeah. what are pronouns, what you use to address other people when you're not using names? The most common pronouns are she, her, hers, they, them, theirs, and he, him, his. So me and Jojo go by she, her, hers, um, And I remember when I was working in education, this was something that I would always do with my students. Like, please introduce yourselves and make sure to say your pronouns. And a lot of them were a little bit confused by it. Yeah. Because they were like, why do I have to say it? I'm like, because you have to say it. Like, yeah, we we have to be inclusive. So it was like, it's a little bit different for people to understand. Um, So we want to know, like, what has been your experience when, like, how you present yourself and things Mm -hmm. like that. Well, I feel like first off, um, being non-binary in the classroom, Mm -hmm. um, it like opens a lot of doors for inclusivity and respect and, you know, respecting something that's different. My experience, um, you know, I came out as non-binary to myself um, maybe like four years ago now. Mm -hmm. And it was really me learning about what non-binary is and understanding that like that is that's been who I've been the entire time my entire life Mm -hmm. I've literally since a kid I've always known like I wasn't a girl Mm -hmm. um I wanted to be a boy so bad when I was younger (laughs) like before I was 10 years old Mm -hmm. and then I started to appreciate my femininity and like you know my body and everything like that but it wasn't until I really learned what non-binary is you know being outside of the social construct of gender mm-hmm. um that I connected with that because mm-hmm. you know when I found out that like 
um, two-spirited, which is like the Native American term for non-binary people and other non-conforming gender people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're usually teachers and educators Mm -hmm. and people who, you know, can... Ha- can can experience both femininity and masculinity mm-hmm. because you know children ha- are have both mm-hmm. um and nourishing those things and so for me it's a, it's been a journey mm-hmm. of like learning more about the spectrum of gender and just the spectrum and perspective of different people um and it really just opens my mind up a lot to a lot of different things and that's what i love about it is like we are so socially constructed to do certain things. You know, mm-hmm. we eat eggs for breakfast. We mm-hmm. drive on the right side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is how you present for a woman. But it's like when you step outside of that and right. kind of open up your mind a little bit to other things, mm-hmm. um, your world really changes. Mm-hmm. It really just is a whole different world. So when I decided to, you know, be non-binary, my sister was my biggest supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her. She literally was like, this is like great for you. This is like you. I can mm-hmm. see it. Um, and I'm proud of you. And it wasn't another two years before I, you know, came out in the classroom as non-binary mm-hmm. and wanted to use pronouns they, them, and wanted to be called teacher Roby instead of Miss Roby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually was a really smooth transition working at KIPP. And I'm surprised at that. It, you know, I, I'm happy about it. Um, one day, I literally was just like to my. It was on Zoom because we were in the pandemic when I did that. Oh wow! But uh-huh. I, I just told my kids like, yeah, so y'all can call me Teacher Roby now, and they're like, <laughs> okay, like they uh-huh. literally didn't even have questions. Right. Like some of them maybe offline were like, so why do you want us to call you Teacher Roby now? Blah blah, blah whatever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't anything like big. Uh-huh. And I told my, I told the administration. I didn't even really tell them. I just started going by Teacher Roby and like mm-hmm. the kids started going by that. And I just told them to start telling calling me that. And they did. And it was, you know, it actually I feel like started a more inclusive environment at my school. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a transgender student or we have students who are non-gender conforming. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's great, you know. Yeah. I think it's important to like have that that leadership and mm-hmm. that like outlook on life right. so that the kids can be okay with that and respect differences. Right. It's like I'm it, it's like I'm not out here trying to hurt nobody. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel people look at it. It's like the cuz cuz of the comments I get on social media and things like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Social media it's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I love your TikToks though. Thank like you. I feel like when you're talking to students, you're very you're like assertive but you're also playful so mm-hmm. they know to respect you. Yeah. And I go to the comments because I love to read comments. And there's always a negative comment. Always. I'm like, always. why can you just respect someone's pronouns? Like, and it why like, will have question- nothing to do with the video. <laughs> literally. Literally. Nothing to do with the yeah. video. It's just you, but they have a problem with you regardless. Yeah. So it's so fucking annoying. And I feel like... It's unfortunate because pronouns have always been a thing. Mm-hmm. Like... Think about it. Like, when you don't know someone's pronouns, you always say they. Right. Like, like if there was a phone here that someone left, they left their phone. Right. And you don't know. We're not saying she left their phone. He, they left their phone. We don't know who left their phone. It's just they. So when people say things like, oh, that's not proper English. Da, 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 I'm like, first of all, the, the vocabulary is always changing. Exactly. There's new words all the that time. That part. And they're slang all the time. That part. Mm. So why can y'all say, y'all, y'all be saying slangs left and right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a word that we're trying to, I don't know, like, it's like, it's not that, it's not that difficult. Yeah, I feel like with, with language in general, um, for me, it's always been, like, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to sit and just be like, no, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. There, It's a language. Yeah. Like, it can be said differently. It can be perceived differently. Mm-hmm. It can be expressed differently like mm-hmm. literally i could say something to somebody mean it in a, in one way mm-hmm. and they could take it a whole entirely different way and then it depends on like what your like what platform are you saying it on and like right. how are you receiving this information mm-hmm. what circumstances have you just been you know affected by mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things and i just feel like people are so quick to like see their perspective and their perspective only mm-hmm. yeah. and what being non-binary does is it forces you to Mm -hmm. look outside of your perspective because 
it's almost like this is not what I've been taught mm-hmm. in school. And so I'm questioning mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Now I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And that That's scares it. people. Yeah, no, that does scare people. I think the unknown just scares people. And I just feel like it's usually like old school people, like older boomers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because I feel like the old school generation is just like, you know, you know what you know, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You weren't growing up asking questions. It mm-hmm. was whatever what mom and dad said. So right. it's like, that's how they learn. That's how they lead. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they are scared of what they don't know. And they're, I feel like they're scared that they won't understand. And instead of just mm-hmm. being like open about it and like, okay, I still don't understand it, but I respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, they rather just shun the whole thing. Yeah. Right. That's a problem though. Yeah. That, that I feel like is like the least you can do, right? Is be mm-hmm. like, I don't understand it, but mm-hmm. I respect it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, in what way is it affecting you mm-hmm. other than you are learning about something mm-hmm. new? It's not. And that's the scared part I'm talking about. Right. I feel like people are just so scared of like, you know, not knowing what comes next. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, trans people in sports and like all this other stuff. And I was just watching Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that man is really funny. And you, uh-huh. it's a love-hate relationship you got to have with him because he, out of pocket. he is out of pocket. <laughs> and he, yeah. he says whatever, but, you know... The 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 special I was watching, you know, he was talking about he respects it. He doesn't understand it, but he respects it. And he also was talking about from a black male perspective, because like I said earlier, it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. America hasn't given a fuck about how you feel. Mm-hmm. So people talking about, I feel like I'm a girl. I feel like I'm a boy. They don't give a fuck. No. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's, he's on some... The reason that it's so big now is because there's white men doing it. And mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot mm-hmm. not think about that part. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really interesting to me because, you know, as much as like their trans people have existed for generations, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, uh, what is it? Who is it? Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah. yeah. Come on. The the, the, the the media around that, yeah. when there are black people being lynched and dying, right. and then there's also black trans people and you cannot remove that group, mm-hmm. that's a group he didn't talk about that I was just like, you're missing it. Mm-hmm. Because he's mm-hmm. like, you know, as a black man, I don't understand it. There are black trans men, there are black trans women, so they yeah. understand it. Talk to them mm-hmm. if you want to understand it. Right. It's just like... And there's a lot of them. Yeah. And this uh-huh. world is full of bullshit. This mm-hmm. world is full of, you know, just atrocities. Right. And like... Trans people living their life and mm-hmm. wanting to be respected and not harmed mm-hmm. while living their life is not something that, like, should be on the front table. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that what we're making laws about? Can we make laws about mm-hmm. gun violence? Can mm-hmm. we make laws about pollution and the ocean right. and mm-hmm. these things that actually are going to affect our future and matter? Right. This shit don't matter. It like, doesn't, let people live. It doesn't matter. Like, Texas and Florida, they, oh worry, my God. they worry about the wrong thing. Bruh. They worry about the wrong thing. Teaching in Texas mm-hmm. and Florida be like, <laughs> oh, so you know today's day one i just want to introduce you to my family this is my never mind i'm uh-huh. gonna go on that because uh-huh. i can't talk about my family uh-uh. like i can't i can't i can't take anything but you know math reading and science and that's just not teaching no. people really be thinking that that's teaching uh-huh. and like that's a part of teaching you have to teach the content but there's no teaching the content until you build relationships right. until you build Bonds, systems until exactly. you build structures in your classroom exactly the only way to do that is to get to know the kids to, mm-hmm. for them to get to know you right why am i teaching in a classroom that's militant mm-hmm. that does that i don't know their name i don't mm-hmm. know their like they're a number to me and i'm a number to them like mm-hmm. it, that's crazy to me it is crazy that's and crazy. i feel like the way that students open up is when you open up mm-hmm. so i feel like and keep, that's the best kind of teaching right like keeping like, I don't know how teachers in Florida are doing it. Like, just having to keep your life a secret again. Like, it's like we're going back into the closet now because you guys aren't comfortable with my partner or whatever the fuck it is. And that's, like, impossible. It's, it is. That's, like, impossible uh-huh. to do. I don't think I could do that. I feel yeah. like sometimes you don't even realize you're saying these things. Like, no, because we have you personal yourself. biases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, you know, our biases are our biases and, like, like I said, I reflect, so I have to recognize those things when I'm teaching. Right. And they're basically asking people to just, like, forget about those. Mm-hmm. Whatever those are, you can't input those in your lesson or in your right. teaching. You teach what we give you to teach, and that's it. 
And that makes no sense to me either because you have to differentiate work. You have mm-hmm. to analyze the content so you can teach it to the kids in the way that they can receive it. Right. Because not everybody students, receives everything the same way. Students learn differently. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you correct your students? Because, you know, it's natural for people to mess up pronouns. So how do yeah. you do it? Um, I'm going to be honest. It's not something that I focus on all okay. the time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really put a lot of energy into it. At this point, the kids correct each other. They correct themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like the cutest thing. Um, Sometimes they're mean about it. And I'm like, calm down. (laughs) They get offended for you. It's they. It's they. It's they. And then you know what I'm saying? And then they'll disrespect me in other ways, talking over me and doing other stuff. And I'm just Mm like, one of my kids said to me the other day, you know, it's funny because Gen Z will respect your pronouns, but disrespect you as a person. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that's actually kind of true. But it's funny. Mm -hmm. And the way that something, you know, I do correct kids at times and they'll be like, Miss Roby, da da da, or they'll be like Miss Teacher Roby, and I'm like, you could just say teacher, it's okay. <laughs> and they're like, I know, I'm just not used to it. I'm like, it's okay, we're, we're doing it together, it's fine. Uh-huh. You get used to it. And it's it's always just a quick teacher Roby. That's really all I say. Uh-huh. I don't really scold them or things like that. Uh-huh. Like people, you know, think that I do that. Uh-huh. But if you ask any of the kids, they'll be like, you know, they just say teacher Roby, and right. that's it. And I think that's why the kids feel the need to like stand up for me in mm-hmm. whatever way because I'm not jumping down kids' throats and I'm yeah. never going to do that. Yeah. Because I also am just not that um I don't have I don't have the energy to mm-hmm. continuously correct people all day long. Like right. I realize that I present as a woman and mm-hmm. I was born a woman and I live life as a woman. Like mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna take away from the identity that I have as a woman because I was born that way and like mm-hmm. that's how people see me and that's how I'm treated. Right. And so, you know, I am non-binary and I do go by they them pronouns, but I, I don't ever like get mad when people say she. Mm-hmm. I don't get I really don't care. Mm-hmm. And and I know people are not like that and everybody is different. So don't don't think that like, you know, everybody should be like this because right. everybody has their own personal feeling about how they want to be identified and the mm-hmm. seriousness in which they want to go about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not that. And I'm all, I've always been a very like laid back person when it comes to certain things. And this is just one of those things mm-hmm. that like, you know, yeah, my pronouns are they them, but like, I'm not about to be flipping shit. Yeah. You don't use the right pronouns. <laughs> right. It's, it's okay. Yeah. You're learning. I'm learning. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you like come into strangers, it's like, all right, I'm not gonna come for them. They yeah, don't like really a, know like a waitress me. or something. Yeah. Like yeah. they're Sometimes like, Man. I don't even do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even correct people. I don't. I don't even bother to say it. And and mm-hmm. like my sister be telling me like, no, you should probably not. You should probably, but like she just is like, you know, why don't you correct people more? Like that's interesting to me because when we're around each other, she'll correct people for me, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that from her. She asked me like, yo, do you want me to do that? And I'm like, yeah, like that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate that. Um, but I was at the dentist the other day, and she was telling me about her daughter who is trans. And that allowed me to feel comfortable enough to say it. And I think that that moment probably is like an indicator of why I don't come out more. Because to me, I just feel like, you know, you never know what pe- how people's reaction is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, most of the people I keep in my circle, like I try to make sure that like support me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but in that moment, I was able to tell her like, you know, I'm also non-binary. She's like, oh, what are your pronouns? You know, my pronouns are they, them. And, like, that's not something she asked me before, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not mad at her for not doing that. But mm-hmm. do I wish we lived in a world where everybody asks pronouns all the time? Yeah. yeah. Do I ask pronouns all the time? No. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's giving give and take, push and pull. Like, Yeah. I do see sometimes people trying. Or, like, if yeah. you go to, like, certain applications, they'd be like, oh, what are your pronouns? Yeah. Things like that. People have it in their emails. Mm-hmm. I know I have it in my email just so people know what my pronouns are. I feel like it just makes everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. And I remember when they added it on Instagram, people had a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, for what? Well, you got a, you got a problem for everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> people are always going to find a problem. I feel like if they don't identify with it, like, personally, mm-hmm. then... I don't even know why they make it an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, why it? Why does it bother you? To, you don't. You don't have to use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You could just ignore it. Have a problem just with the thought of, like, not only the LGBTQ community, but like being non-binary and that mm-hmm. idea, and like, people literally are constantly on my platform saying, like, why are you a non-binary teacher? Why are you not just a teacher? And like to that, I say. I am a teacher. 
And I'm also going to represent for that community because there is less representation. Mm -hmm. And I get constant messages about, yo, like, I really appreciate you being a teacher that's non-binary. I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to be a teacher. You know, I didn't think I could. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that, you know, there were people out there like you. Um, And that is the type of messages that, like, I appreciate. Right. That's like, okay, I know I'm actually doing the right thing. When my mm-hmm. administration is telling me, no, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Oh, because I question it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I question it. I'm like, yo, do, should I just stop? Should I just not do that anymore? And just, you know, because I could I could make content about anything else. Yeah. You know, I could make content. Like, my, my social media page is about me being a non-binary teacher, but I have all kinds of content on my yeah. page. Like, it's all really lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like I have made a conscious decision to continue to do like the work that I'm doing because mm-hmm. I love it and I feel like there's people out there who need that. Mm-hmm. Like for real. Right. Not only like other, but your students too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure some students low key are looking up to you. Yeah. I want to say you have this platform, not only where you get to do that and show it on social media, but you actually get to do it in the classroom. Yeah. And I think that that's so cool because mm-hmm. in all actuality, you have people that are very like hindered in their home where it's like you're restricted you can't you your parents don't allow you to learn and know certain things yeah. you know yeah. so i feel like that's a really good you have a really good influence for them mm-hmm. and kids honestly already struggle to mm-hmm. represent themselves and like mm-hmm. they're right. unsure of who they are already and like mm-hmm. you know people have this whole idea that like being a non-binary teacher you're brainwashing kids you know people love to use this grooming word now and it's like you know, just like that's that to me is like, you know, you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's happening in these classrooms. And there's no way to teach someone to be gay. There's no way. Period. And, and if that's the happen. case, like we all are gay. So it's like our teachers were just reading us books about straight people. So what does that mean? If right. It, if so how did it happen? How did it happen? Like, right. it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I, that that whole narrative around, like, oh, you should be in a classroom teaching kids because they're going to look at you and, like, get ideas mm-hmm. is, like, I think fearful mm-hmm. of, you know, just experiencing something different and being okay with something different, mm-hmm. being okay with something outside of the norm and, mm-hmm. like, that causing chaos mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just feel like, once you get past this idea that negativity comes with being a part of, you know, something different, Mm -hmm. because it's not just about being part of the LGBTQ community. It's not just about, you know, living differently. I Mm -hmm. think it's just like, there's all kinds of different people. There's all kinds of, you know, disabilities and um, different experiences that people have. And just like things that I don't even know about that, Mm -hmm. like, I'm willing to be okay with because I know that like, feeling comfortable is so important to me mm-hmm. and I want other people around me to feel comfortable. Right. Exactly. And that this world that we live in, I just feel like is like not that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring that to my classroom, but I also feel like, you know, you gotta have tough skin. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be able to stand up for yourself, represent yourself. And like, there's a balance between doing that because mm-hmm. people can be assholes and you know, it's like, I want to respond in a way that allows me to be myself and be proud of how I responded mm-hmm. because I could curse you out. Yeah, and I could get. Right. But, that's what they but, want. Too. That's what they want. That's what they yeah. want. But no, that's no, not, I, you're not gonna get that out of me. I noticed that in your comments, you're like respectful, like you're like like nice, like you're not coming crazy at them, even though they're coming crazy at you. Yeah, I try to like be sarcastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can be like condescending sometimes uh-huh. and like like passive aggressive, passive aggressive, <laughs> and like very like you know that when I get mad, that's how I get and mm-hmm. like. You know, I just feel mm-hmm. like that's to me, I don't know if the word I would use is better, but it's just different than like coming out of character and mm-hmm. like, it's still coming out of character, but like in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to get a fuck you out of me. Yeah. That's what they want. They want the worst out of you. Yeah. Right. They it's want, like, they want to show like you can be just as shitty as a person as they can. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not about to hit you. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. But I want to though. <laughs> <laughs> so. Growing up, though, like, where, like, what influenced you? And, like, because you said you you knew from younger that you were different. Mm. So, like, what influenced that where you could find a space where you were, like, wow. Like, because for me, I say it a lot, like, growing up and then realizing that girls like girls Mm -hmm. and seeing that just a little bit on television Mm -hmm. and, like, 
going to school with someone who actually did too. And I was like, wow, it just opened up my eyes. And I was like, okay. And you find a space where you can be a little bit more comfortable and actually get to know who you are and like all that shit. So like what influenced that for you? You know, it's funny you ask that because when I was younger, I was always a tomboy up until like middle school period. And I didn't ever think about like sexuality or like who I liked and things like that. I was much, very much like I'm a kid and like my parents, you know, they, they uh, created an environment and allowed me to just be a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until middle school that I like really started feeling the influences of peer pressure and like how people look at you and how people see you. And I literally, when I, when I tell y'all, like I didn't start wearing a shirt at the beach until I started going boobs because I was that much of a tomboy. Like I didn't want to wear a shirt because that was how I felt comfortable. And my parents didn't give a care. They didn't Mm -hmm. care. They were like, whatever you want to not wear a shirt, go ahead. Mm -hmm. And my family members would look at them like, what the fuck? This is your daughter. You're not going to put her in a bathing suit, like a two piece or a one piece or something. Mm -hmm. And no, they had me in trunks and people (laughs) thought I was a boy and I didn't care. I was Mm -hmm. cool with that. And so it wasn't, like I said, until middle school that I started to feel the pressure of my environment and I changed the way that I dressed and I was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I tried to fit in and you could tell that it just wasn't me. Mm. And looking back at pictures and like re- memories of that, Ugh. it was just like cringe, Ooh, yeah. very cringe. Uh-huh. And so, you know, people go through that phase or whatever, but it, like once I got to high school, and I was always a basketball player too. So like any time I was like playing basketball, I was like in my tomboy phase and my tomboy mm-hmm. era. But like if I didn't have game days, it was like now nah, I was coming to school like girly, mm-hmm. girly, whatever <laughs> that was. You know, the plaid shorts, yeah. the skinny belt, the polo, yeah. uh-huh. bullshit. Uh-huh. And so um, once bullshit. I got to high school. I actually, and in middle school too, I actually thought being gay was wrong. You know, I was like an under that impression. I had Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, that wasn't normal. And not that it was wrong, but it wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it sideways and like two boys kissing was like gross to me. And it was funny and comical Mm -hmm. and, you know, just very hurtful, nasty things that Mm -hmm. like, you know, these are thoughts that I had in my mind, but also like had an inkling of like, yo, that is me myself. Like, I also like girls. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Like, I was just, you know, I didn't know how to express that. And I, I remember being playing basketball, you know, that community is very much like LGBTQ. So, what did that like, say? All gay girls play basketball. So, and, you know, and there's gay girls who don't, but <laughs> they all do but they too. Test the water. So they they do. test the water. So there's, I would go to games and they would be like, yo, what's up with you? Like my mm-hmm. teammates would be coming up to me talking about the other players would be wanting to talk to me. And Good I would times. be like, absolutely not. I'm not even about that. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> and you know, all a lie. All a lie. All bullshit. So I get to college and that's that's when I finally was like, I literally said to myself, fuck this. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to be who I want to be. And like, nobody's going to tell me any different. And I think that that was because I wasn't around my family. And mm-hmm. I was, and, and not to say my family would not have supported me because I believe that they would have and they did because they do. Mm-hmm. My parents are very inclusive. They're very much like, you know, we love everybody, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. They told me so many times that like, it, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm always going to be loved by them, like, no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't feel comfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just didn't. And when I did come out in college to myself, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to come out to my parents. Like, it wasn't until I got a girlfriend that I was like, hey, mom, this is my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Or like, I think, actually, that's not even how I came out to my mom. I was, I called her and was like, this girl is crazy. She's doing X, Y, and Z thing. Like I was going through it. Uh-huh. And she, and I call my mom for advice about everything else. So uh-huh. I'm going to call you about this too. Uh-huh. Like, and she was like, you know, she gave me good advice and was, and didn't even, you know, question it. She didn't mm-hmm. even say anything about it. She's like, okay, so like, this is your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, not my girlfriend, but you know, we were dating. Blah, uh-huh. blah. And she's like, okay. Oh, and then my dad, I was going to the pride parade and he was like, is there anything you want to tell me? And I was like, no, there's nothing I need to say. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay. And again, brought a girl home eventually. And he was, he didn't say anything. It was whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I came out in college because I felt like I could be my true self because I wasn't around Mm-hmm. the environment and the life that I had in, right. New York, in Brooklyn. That this is a whole knew. new situation. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew me here. Like, literally. So I dressed how I wanted to. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I had a couple girlfriends, mm-hmm. like I was dating around, okay. like, you know, college was the time of my life, uh-huh. like, I was just all over the place, like, people <laughs> knew me on campus as, like, the light-skinned girl with dreads who, you know, was just all over, oh, and problem. was very happy, and, uh-huh. like, you know, I threw parties, like, I, uh-huh. I, it was, I was popping back then. <laughs> <laughs> I was popping. <laughs> I love that. You become a whole new person when you get out of that space that people created this version of you, and yeah. when you get to recreate that version of you, you're just like... Oh shit! Mm-hmm. It's like you get to be whoever you want, and mm-hmm. people don't have anything to say about it because they don't know who you are, and right. they loved it. You yeah. know, I got I, I was my friends and like I still have friends from college now that like it they were very supportive, and I think mm-hmm. that's also why like I felt so good to be in who who I wanted to be because they were you know go Roby, mm-hmm. I'm rooting you on, mm-hmm. like yes, you know, and that support um, from my friends, and then you know eventually from my family when I came out to them and told them and like I said I really didn't come out to them they just mm-hmm. found out yeah know? like on social media uh-huh. through my sister who yeah. is who's like my number one supporter I tell her and she like breaks the ice uh-huh. for my family mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm like and then when I come in and talk about it they're already knowing what's going on mm-hmm. so it's like easier you know? oh I love that yeah Having yeah. sisters is the best. Mm-hmm. I'm very close. Older sister, it's my rock. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, me and my sisters are very close. So when you came out to your parents as non-binary, did they have like a problem with it? Were they like, "Are you trying to be a boy?" Like, you, you know, know how they say. My mom and dad, they did not understand it. They were not. I feel like they were a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Um. They still love me, you know, no matter what. But my my mom, I felt like, was a little bit more supportive. Not to say my dad wasn't, but he was one of the ones who's like, they is not a a singular pronoun. So (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. And I'm just like, you know, I had to explain to him that, like, actually it is. And you've been using it your entire life. Mm -hmm. And once he understood that, it was actually smooth sailing from there. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, had questions about how to refer to me because they can't call me their daughter anymore. And again, I actually didn't care. I was like, you actually can if you want to, but like, you can also say I'm your child. Like, Mm -hmm. you can also say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be too hard on them. I didn't change my name or anything. I actually really love my name. Mm -hmm. Um, Nairobi is a beautiful name. I like want to name my child Nairobi. (laughs) Like, I want a junior. Uh (laughs) But, um, you know, they were supportive and they just had questions and mm-hmm. I didn't feel any less loved by them. I, I just felt like they didn't understand it. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was okay for me. That was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like you can't come to Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that. And right. there's people who do go through that. And like mm-hmm. to those people, you know, I, I, I really, I feel for them. Mm-hmm. I really do because I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be who I am. Or I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't be who I am right now. The, with the platform that I have, if my family and my parents were not supportive, right, I wouldn't. I think like people have a hard time with pronouns is because when they already don't understand the whole like LGBTQ plus community, <laughs> like they're like it's not enough for you to just be gay. Like now you have to add on another, yeah. um, you know, thing on top of that for us not to understand. So mm-hmm. I think like that's what makes it harder too. Yeah, is yeah. they're like I just can't keep up. Like now you're just pulling shit out of your ass. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> and honestly, I just feel like in some cases I can understand that sentiment because yeah. there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot of other things in the world going on that are like you know, more important per se, to be, depending on who you are. Right. But it's all about like who you have around you. And like, mm-hmm. if there's somebody in your life, like your child, who is telling you these things, then I think it's a little bit more important for you to like experience and like find different ways to accommodate that right. person. Mm-hmm. But if, if this is something that never affects you ever, because you live in some super white suburban area, that's mm-hmm. never going to accept people. Yeah. You're not going to have the inclination to want to even find out about it. Mm-hmm. But the thing for me is that even in those communities, there are people who identify with the LGBTQ plus community and cannot be themselves mm-hmm. because right. of the hatred that goes mm-hmm. on. Yep. And that to me is just like, we got a lot. There's so many things to hate, you know? So many. So many things. The LGBTQ plus community is not one. Not one, It's right. not one, bro. But it's just because people, they don't understand things. So, mm-hmm. and they don't take the time to do their research or take the time to really listen, you know? Yeah. They just rather be ignorant. 
then be considerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Ignorance again, is bliss. Right. Like, you're not living this lifestyle, uh-huh. though. So, like, why does it bother you that much? Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, you got to respect it regardless, yeah. you know? I am glad that you came, though, and we mm-hmm. got to do this because I did have a coworker who was asking me a while back, and he, he's a man, and he was asking me, you know, I don't get the whole pronouns thing. Like, I'm, I'm catching on to all the gay yeah. and lesbian bisexual shit, you know, but I, I'm still not understanding the pronouns and stuff. And I was like, I don't, I'm not, you know real good with it. Like, I don't, yeah yeah i'm not right yeah. um but you know i told him like my version how i see it um and i once he said that i was just like damn like i think at that point i was like we gotta have you because like, <laughs> i'd rather someone who really knows who, yeah. who connects and like to tell it than for me to be like wrong you and, know? and right. the thing and the thing is like i really am still learning and i feel like you know i'm people do look to me to give them that uh understanding and like i'm gonna give you what i can your version because, yeah my version right. of you it and i'm gonna your... let you know that it's my version of it right and you should you know ask different people because that's really the only way that you're gonna get the best information right mm-hmm. you get different perspectives from different people because you know there may have been something i said on this podcast that you know people don't agree with mm-hmm. and like non-binary people who don't don't agree with it and right. like there's people in my comments who are part of the lgbtq community who are like you don't need to be expressing this to the kids you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you don't yeah. need to be telling kids your pronouns yeah and i'm just like come on now right like, again depending on the perspective you're gonna get something different every time right? mm-hmm. so my perspective is you know accepting love as long as it's not hurting the other person or people around you mm-hmm. i don't see the problem exactly what advice would you give to someone who's listening to the podcast who wants to come out as non-binary but they just they don't know what to do i feel like i it's hard to say it's hard <laughs> to say um the best advice i can give is to trust yourself be true to yourself learn yourself Mm -hmm. because you really do have to spend time with yourself to understand, you know, what you appreciate, what you'll tolerate, what you like, what you dislike, and, you know, be able to build a community around that. Mm -hmm. And for the people who can't, and for the people who are, you know, stuck in whatever job or whatever household or situation that doesn't allow them to be themselves, um, you know, work your ass off Mm -hmm. to get out of it because you're not going to be happy until you do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as long as you set a goal for yourself to get out of that situation and want better for yourself, you're like, once you said enough is enough, mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to like stay, take steps to get out of it and move forward. And I just feel like the most important thing about my lifestyle and being non-binary and being a teacher and being a part of the LGBTQ community is building a relationship with people around me who care about me, who love right. me, who are going to support me. And, you know, basically pushing that negativity to the side Mm -hmm. and not dwelling on it. Because Mm -hmm. there have been times in my life, you know, from when I started on social media to now, where, like I said, I've questioned if I want to keep doing this. And I've dwelled on that negativity that people have Mm -hmm. um, and just telling me that I need to stop doing what I'm doing. But it really never fails that somebody comes and is like, you know, there to uplift me mm-hmm. because I've built that those type of relationships in right. my life. Right. So that's my advice. Like build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And if people don't support you, they gotta go. They gotta go. <laughs> unless unless it's like a job or something like that. Uh-huh. But even even then it's like find something else. Right. But if it's your friend, if uh-huh. it's supposed to be your family member, as hard as it is to like kick people out of your life uh-huh. sometimes you time will heal all wounds like mm-hmm. you will get over it eventually and right. you will find somebody to replace that spot mm-hmm. you know i agree and i feel like continue doing what you're doing because you have over eight hundred thousand followers like if you close your eyes and you open them imagine the stadium like that's, that's crazy that's how many people that's are wild. following you <laughs> i don't even believe it yeah that's how many people are following you and I don't know, look up to you and things yeah. like that. So yeah, that's awesome. Keep posting and keep doing it. Definitely. <laughs> I definitely am. I really appreciate mm-hmm. y'all having me. Like, Aww, I feel like you. this went great. I like, ah, yeah. I have unloaded. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all, I love that. This great. I love, I love it. No, this was fun. Mm-hmm. I love everything that you spoke about. Um, you know, sharing our platform as well with other people who have created their own platform and their own space for, mm-hmm. you know, people out there who don't have these spaces to, to go to. Right. Um, 
it really goes a long way. And honestly, it just it makes me happy. Right. It makes my heart, you know, warm. Like I feel yeah. like it's stuff like this that is gonna allow for, you know, just to continue the, right. the continued work that needs to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where can people follow you on on social media? You can follow me at in all on all platforms on TikTok, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Twitter <laughs> at Roby Gossels, R O B I G O T S O L E S. Yeah, so go ahead and follow. Follow, like, mm-hmm. comment, subscribe, interact, you know? Yeah. I love I love positive interaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Bye. Deuce, deuce, Bye. Mother goose. <laughs>